welcome to the Blue Fire Digital Network. Welcome to the War is Everything podcast, where we share scripture, discuss the Christian metal scene and music, and help promote lesser-known bands. I'm Zachariah. And I'm Hunter. And we are your hosts. Today's scripture comes from Romans 8, and it's verse 1, which says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen. Zachariah, what do we got? Uh, Today we've got uh, Jordan and Dennis from Unworthy. Uh, We're going to talk to them a little bit about the song that they just released i think this episode is tomorrow or next week's episode so it'll be a week or two ago when this album actually or this uh episode actually releases but they just released a song called our internal war with uh christian roche featured on it so uh welcome to jordan and dennis how's it going guys going good man all right same same Thing. They both said the same thing. It's going good. So <laughs> yeah. it, it's Saturday morning, so can't complain. Yeah. Uh so as I understand, you two are the only two members of Unworthy. Is that by choice? You just kind of want to keep it that way, or are you looking for more members? Tell me a little bit about the uh the background of the band and how all that came about. Um, Dennis, if you want, you could since you've been here since the beginning, why don't you give some of the background and yeah, then so, jump in later? Yeah, so it initially kind of started as just my project. Um, I had moved to California back in 2015 from South Carolina. And I had been in several little projects and local bands uh, when I was living in South Carolina. We had a pretty vibrant music scene at the time. Um, I'm not sure if you guys had ever heard the band Through the Eyes of the Dead. They were like a pretty big, um, like death metal, deathcore staple um, back in the early 2000s. Um, Your Chance to Die was another pretty big band in the area. But um, I played in a lot of um, um, shows with those kind of bands. And when I moved here to California, um, I kind of took like a hiatus from doing music. And um, I kind of got the itch to want to start making music again. Um, and um, I was, I've kind of said this before, but I was in a really low period in life where I um, was doing like a lot of internalizing and I'd been feeling pretty crappy over a lot of things that I had done in my past. And one night I was kind of praying about it and I just kind of felt like the uh, voice of God telling me like, um, you know, like the line from uh, the song Unworthy, where you see a sinner condemned and unclean, I see my son holy, righteous, and redeemed. And from that moment, I was like, I, I got to start writing again. And I wrote the song Unworthy, and uh, I didn't really know a whole lot of people yet in California at the time. So I was like, well, I got to find somebody that can like put music to this. This is too good, and this is like, like too much of a burden on my heart for me not to want to make music again. 
So I called some guys that I knew back in South Carolina. I was like, maybe I could find somebody that, you know, would be down to like make some music. We can do like a project where we're recording remotely. So I called a buddy of mine named Zane. Um, he was in another band um, when I was in some of my old bands. And um, we had kind of had a falling out between our bands um, for uh, various reasons. And we hadn't talked in a few years. So um, I was like, I don't even know if you'll talk to me, but something told me, hey, just call him. You know, it's been some years. I'm sure the beast's been squashed. And sure enough, when he picked up the phone, he was, you know, he's like, dude, you know, it's water under the bridge. We we're both guys in bands with egos. It's whatever. And I was like, well, you know, like, I feel like God wants me to like make this music. And he was more than down. So he basically like popped out all the music for the first EP. I recorded the vocals here with a guy at my church um who was surprisingly really down i didn't think anybody at my church at the time was cool enough uh, like down with me being in a death metal band but they were really cool with it (laughs) yeah like i like i remember telling like everybody at my church that i started going to at the time i was like i'm in a death metal band and they were just kind of like okay cool okay like I, i don't know like you know i don't think many of them listen to that kind of music so I was like, man, like this guy at my church is going to be recording me. I don't know if he knows what he's in for. But even uh, so, his daughter actually laid down guest vocals on one of the songs. So um, after that, me and Zane kind of uh, Zane kind of started his own business and he and his wife got busy. And I was like, well, I still want to do this. So I ended up talking to my buddy Daryl from the band Ninja Loot because huh. he um, had a ton of music that he said that he had um not been using for ninja loot and he was like well dude i have all the this like music that i i've kind of got in storage and he's like i would be more than happy if you want to like lay down your vocals to it so that ended up becoming the second uh little mini ep nailed to the cross because i kind of wanted you know to continue making music and then around uh i was like you know i don't want it to kind of keep being me just kind of like hitting up random people and bothering people. So one day, um, you know, after I'd been going to uh, my current church, Rock Hill, for a few years, um, we had some new guys that were playing in our praise band that were kind of like, you know, metalcore, deathcore guys. And I was kind of hitting them up. And one of them was a guy named Manny. And I was like, hey, Manny, like, uh, I heard that, you know, you record and would you be down to do a project? And he's like, nah, man, it's not really my thing. But I know this dude that's really cool. His name's Jordan. And uh, he's got his own little house studio. And he's been trying to find somebody that he wants to make music with. So he gave me Jordan's number. And I, I think, yeah, the same day, Jordan uh, like sent me some demos and some stuff that he had been working on. And I was like, holy crap, this is legit. Like, this is, you know, the person I want to work with. And I want to say, if not the same day, literally the next day, Jordan sent me um, the instrumental that would be our first track together in the face of death. And from there, it it just kind of like snowballed into what Unworthy has become now. Yeah, I really just was like super stoked to have somebody like work with musically finally. And like, I just got in one of those like hype writing moments 
And I just wrote an entire song like that day and sent it to him like, yeah, let's go, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's that's how just about every one of our songs has come about. It's not like, okay, I have a riff idea. And then, you know, over the next week, build off of that. No, it's like, okay, writing mode and just go and write an entire song in one sitting. And all right, there's the song and maybe tweak things here or there down the road. Right. But yeah, the, it's feast or famine for, for most of us. Either like you're, you're, you can't write anything or you just write the entire thing in one shot. <laughs> yeah, dude, I get it. And honestly, sometimes those like one shot writing days turns out to be like your favorite songs too. You know, you just get in that mode and you just know exactly what needs to be done. I wish I knew what that felt like. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. No matter what he writes, it's all bad. So like, it doesn't matter what kind of mood he's in. He just writes bad stuff. So, you know, I'm still in the band for now. <laughs> for now. For, for now. now. No, one time our old guitarist and I, we were like, let's write a song in an hour. So we set a right. timer and sat down and wrote a song and never got used. Um, for very good reason, because no matter what kind of writing mood you're in, writing a song in an hour just doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the funny thing good. is that's good songwriting practice, though. You know, it gets your brain moving. The funny thing is, though, the lyrics that I wrote for that song have been chopped up, and almost the entirety of them have been used in two different oh, songs. Wow. So that song, while the music itself wasn't used for anything, the lyrics that I wrote for it basically got cut in half and turned into part of uh, our songs Graveyard of Hope and The Hollow, which is on our upcoming album, which we also released as a single like three months ago. But yeah, yeah so yeah. something good came out of it. The music, not so much. It was just kind of eh, just forced, but something good came from it. Nice, nice. Sweet. Yeah, as of now, as far as like what our direction is, I'd like to start playing live shows, um, but neither of us are really in a position where like we want to go like tour and like go to other states. Like if we do live shows, it's just gonna be like in the local scene. But man, like surprisingly in California, like it's tough to find people to play with. <laughs> like you'd think that was different, but like I've reached out to so many people, and like either nobody plays that style of music, or just nobody's really interested or has the time. So. We're kind of just like, if it happens, it happens. You know, the Lord's going to open the door if it's meant to be. So we'll see what happens. Live shows would be dope, though. It's always tough to to find musicians. I mean, I, I think that one of the reasons why I'm like, yep, Blue Fire Horizon is definitely a God thing. And he brought this together is that I know like three musicians that live anywhere near the area and all three of them are in the band. <laughs> so, yeah. That's, that's about it. Nice. Nice. So what is the popular scene out in California? Well, I mean, I would say there, there's tons, there's metal shows like every day, dude. And there's so many venues, but I just can't, we can't find people that are one price followers mm. and for two are in, also interested in playing that music and live close enough to where it can work you know 
that's that's a tough part. I've been thinking about like putting an ad up on Craigslist or something because I've heard that can work. But like we've made some Instagram posts. I the church I play at, like everybody is like studio musicians and they know a ton of people. So I've been talking to them and like they've been like putting the word out and like I'm getting no responses. So I don't know. I know a lot of bands and I, talking with. Uh, oh, shoot. I just lost his name. It's the drummer for uh, What We Seek. He was the one who was looking for all the other band members. Uh, Ty, that's his name. Um, Ty was looking for all the other band members, found Nick and then all that. And so they're like a hardcore metalcore of uh, Florida. But uh, every band's oh, okay. looking for like a formula to like, oh, I'll just post on this. Oh, I'll just talk to these people. Oh, I'll just do this. When in reality, we're we're living on God's time anyway. So if he wants the band, he'll form the band kind of thing. Yeah. So and I don't mean that in a yeah, discouraging exactly. way to anybody. I mean that in the most encouraging way because if God forms a band of any capacity, whether it's just you guys, you know, for the rest of Unworthy's life, or if you guys end up having multiple band members join and you know change out and all the fun stuff of switch over <laughs> between members, um, then obviously we know that uh, God was trying to form that band and those fellowship and relationship through all of that. Yeah, totally agree. Totally agree. We're just cruising. We're just cruising till something happens. For sure. So how was it working with Christian on this song? Because like he did a phenomenal job for the parts <laughs> oh, that he dude. did on this song. He's he's a monster. That's yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was easy, man. I think Dennis uh I'm not mistaken. He just reached out to him one day, like on a comment on YouTube, and he was like, "Hey, man, what's it gonna take to get you on a song of ours?" He's like, "Just hit me up, bro." And we we're like, yeah. <laughs> "Oh shoot, heck yeah, let's do this." <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. He's uh, he's something. He's a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I had um, been following him since I think I saw uh, Corpus Christi came out. I think I saw it on Slam Worldwide, uh, like when it first came out. And I was like, holy crap, this band is amazing. And then I was reading the lyrics and I was like, oh, wow, they're a Christian band too. Um, so I was like, oh, Christian band, Slam Worldwide, and the vocalist sounds like that. So then I went on their band camp and immediately started listening to their entire discography. And um, I know when Jordan had started, we started doing putting out the singles for this year. Um, Jordan start, oh, we did the first single with, um, Sean from while we were sinners. And then we did the next one with Robert from, uh, searching serenity. So I was like, you know, if we're, when we close out the year, I was like, I really want to do a single with like someone big, like a big hurrah for, uh, to kind of like close out the year. So I was like, Christian was like immediately became the first person that came to mind after I was re listening to their entire discography and like, his, and like Jordan said, I just kind of went on YouTube and I was like, kind of half jokingly like, Hey, what would it take for us to get you on a track? And like he, yeah, he just responded, dude, just hit me up. So we messaged him on Instagram and we were, you know, like, Hey, like, you know, this is the idea we had. And he's like, yeah, dude, he's like, we're kind of, we're, uh, we didn't know at the time they were also recording their first album or like feature length album. So, um, he was like, well, you know, unfortunately it's going to take me some time to kind of like 
get it in the time frame that you guys want. I hope that's okay. So we ended up releasing um, our self, uh, the re, uh, recording of the self-titled Unworthy to kind of give him more time to record. But when we got his track back, we were just blown away by yeah. how insane <laughs> he sounded. Yeah. I, I got nothing's better than a raw vocal track that just sounds so good. You're like, man, I barely even have to do anything to this. <laughs> mm-hmm. I I got a I got a story with that because our our the track list for our new album has already been released, so it's not a surprise to anybody because we have our yeah. first full length is coming out January sixth. But uh, he's he's on our track progress, which is the third track on the album, and I recorded. Oh, heck yeah. I recorded all the vocals for it. He and Chris Johnson from Hard Look are both on that song. I recorded Wait. all the vocals for it. And Chris Johnson recorded his part. I'm like, okay, he sounds good. I, d- I don't want to sound like, you know, maybe it's ego or something. I don't want to sound like the worst vocalist on my own track. I'm like, okay, <laughs> Chris did a really good job. And I'm not trying to be like Chris did bad or anything like that. But I was like, okay, we sound, we both sound good. So I'm okay with it. And then Christian sent us his part for that song. And I'm like, <laughs> I got to re-record this. <laughs> I think I re-recorded that song like two or three times. At, you know, and there were at least a couple parts that are recorded like three times because I'm like, nope, I don't want to be blown out of the water by someone on my song. <laughs> oh, man. Dude, there, so, yeah, he's, oh, he's man. so amazing. Like, and I was just amazed by just how, like, he was down. Like, he... He was just like, yeah, dude, I'll be willing to do it. He's just like, just hit me up. Well, yeah, and when I messaged him about featuring, I was like, hey, man, how much do you charge for for features? He was like, ah, nothing, man. Just just send me the track. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what he thought. Right. And that's what blew, <laughs> that's what me and Jordan were saying. We were like, wow, like usually, like you know, any vocalist would like charge a ton because we were talking about like, um, you know, because I was like, oh man, I would love to get Brooke from Impending Doom. Because, uh, you know, I used to see them all the time and, like, talk to Brooke all the time at shows. Or I was like, we, maybe we could get Jeremy from, uh, you know, Earth Groans. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, you know, we're kind of working on a limited budget. And I, uh, so, like, when I initially hit up Christian, I was like, uh, you know, I hope he's not out of our price range. And when he was like, no, just send me the track. I was like, dude. And I think me and Jordy even made a comment after we heard it. We were like, well, maybe we should have paid them anyway. <laughs> See, I, like, I hey, would. What's your Venmo? Let me slip you a couple yeah. bills. <laughs> yeah, I, I would. I never. I would never talk bad about someone that charges for that sort of thing, especially right. because you yeah. know everyone's got to make their money, and not only exactly. that, but yeah, a lot of people they actually go to a professional studio, you know, to record yeah. and they have to yeah. pay for studio time and that kind of thing. So like, that, and that, that was the know. thing that bothered us too. Cause he, I know one of the messages he sent us, he said, dude, I'm sorry. It's taking me so long to get back to you guys. He's like, I have to wait to have a weekend open when we're in the studio and we have time to record your part. And I was like, Oh man, I feel bad now. Like that. He's only doing, he's doing this for th- free. And he's not charging. So the uh, the guitarist in of Diamonds to Dust owns NFS Records, which that's yeah. their studio. So he yeah, doesn't have to I pay for studio too. time for that. That's so you know that don't. I mean, yeah, yeah. He only has limited time in studio when he can actually get there because he lives a couple hours away. But oh, okay. I didn't you know, know he, how far mm, he lived from. Yeah, yeah. 
So like, but it, it's not one of those, he paid, you know, 200 bucks in studio time and, yeah. you know, out of his own pocket. So. Yeah. I know for the longest time, I thought he was like a teenager or maybe like, <laughs> like, like it, maybe like 20, 21 years old. And then I saw like on his Instagram, he had a wife and kids and I was like, dude, how old is this guy? He, like, he there's he's, no way he has a wife 23. and kids. Yeah. He's 23. He's, he's, he's pretty young. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah. So he's still a pretty, he's still young. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, he's a young grasshopper. He's a baby. Yeah, face. for the longest time I thought he was like 18, 19, because I was like, man, he's got like serious baby face. Actually, when he joined uh Diamonds to Dust, I believe he was 19 or was it 20? Yeah. Something like it that. Was, yeah. But it was like he was still pretty young when he joined, considering pretty much all the other members are much older than him and have been around in the band much longer than him. Well, I was about to say, I was really shocked uh to discover how massive their discography is. Mm-hmm. Because they were yeah. like a completely different band before he joined, yeah. right? They've been around for like 12 years, something yeah. like that. Because they yeah. were like a metalcore band with wow. like a female vocalist, right? Yeah. Quite a while ago, yeah. Uh, were they? Did they have a female vocalist? I know. Yeah, before at one point, Christian yeah. joined. Uh, yeah, I, like I heard like a couple of their out, uh, like a couple of their little EPs or singles before he joined, and it was a a, a, a woman. And I was like, I, oh wow, this is different. The only stuff I'm familiar with before Christian joined the band was the album they released in, I think, 2017. Um, I'm literally looking it up right now because I don't yeah. remember. Conversation of the, con, Conservation of the Spirit was 2018. And that oh, was... That's, with, right. that's not him, is it? That's not him, but it's another harsh male vocalist. So yeah, I, don't, okay. I don't know who that is. And I know I saw a video a while back of... Um, a song with a female lead singer. And honestly, I thought maybe it was a feature or something. Cause I haven't really dug too deep into their older stuff. So yeah. Yeah. Cause I think his first song with them was what diamond pierced ice. Yeah. I think that's the first one he did something like that. There's been like five vocalists though for Diamonds to Dust in their entire life, so it's yeah. <laughs> it's been interesting. Yeah, yeah it's pretty good. crazy. But yeah, uh, Christian is what we call a real bro for anybody who's wondering. <laughs> Christian is is down to help out in anything. Zachariah, even when yeah. we were first starting up, he like Zachariah messaged him and reached out and was just like, "Hey, uh, could you give me some some tips on doing like some lower vocals and getting all the the screams a little bit." more uh, professional and Christian literally started sending him videos of him doing it and explaining like what he's doing. Oh, nice. So yeah, yeah. that I, was before I we were him. even known by anybody. That's before the podcast. That's before blue fire horizon was a meme in the, yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I have to hit him up. Cause I'd been asking him and some other guys, like what kind of breakups to use. Um, going into recording the new ep with jordan like i was struggling for the first couple like uh weeks like with my breathing extra uh, like techniques so i was kind of like i need to kind of hit up some people and kind of find out what i can do to kind of allow myself to hold out my notes a little bit longer zachariah knows a little bit about that <laughs> i no, i can't hold notes for very long you used to be able to no, I still can in studio. It's hard to do it live. What he's referencing in our song Graveyard of Hope, there's one growl that I hold for about 37 seconds at the end of the song. 
So, which yeah. was, it was done I, live, like or it not was live, done, but like it was done all in one shot. It yeah. didn't happen. That's crazy. I, yeah. I can only get about twenty to twenty five seconds when doing it live. It just when you're moving and all that kind of stuff and getting tired, it's hard to to sustain that the entire time. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. I, anyone, I used to be able to do like 10 or 15 second screens back in the day, but that was like a good 10 or 15 years and like 20 to 50 pounds ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Jordan, we got to like where you joined the band, but what, what are your roles in unworthy like what do you do um kind of everything to be honest <laughs> well, go um, for it yeah i mean i i joined up and it was funny because at first when i joined it i was kind of in the understanding that i was more just like helping him write a project and it was kind of just like i wasn't in the band mm. and then after a while like we were talking i was like dude I'm in the band, bro. Like, this, I'm not just like doing this for you. I'm doing this for us. Like, this is our project. And uh, once, once I kind of had that settle in, it kind of changed my, my perspective a bit. Um, and it didn't stress me out as much because I was trying to like produce something for somebody else. Now it was like, okay, it's for us. This is like our baby. Like we're doing it together. Mm-hmm. Um, and I noticed Dennis wasn't really on social media. It's not really his, his jam. And I was like, all right, we got to get this Instagram going. So he had an Instagram with like two posts on it. And there was like two followers. I was like, all right, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this over. I'm going to get everything rolling. So I kind of just became like the media manager, I guess. Um, obviously I, uh, write all this, all the musical aspects of the songs, guitar. Um, I played bass on the first EP that we did together, but after that, we got heavier and we got faster and I was like, okay, I can't play bass anymore. So <laughs> now I, now I program bass. I program the drums. I do all the recording, editing, mixing, mastering, all that fun stuff. So you, you not only record you guys, but then you're also the one who mixes and prepares all the songs for unworthy. Yeah. And, and that's like something honestly that I would like to pursue like career wise. Um, I, I have a good job. It pays the bills and stuff, but I'm not a fan of it. And I think probably a lot of people sit there. So I'm kind of just like working on this and I want to do it myself because I want to see myself grow and I want it to be eventually where people are like, Hey, that makes sounds good. You want to maybe mix one of our singles or something to see how that works out. So Eventually, I'd like to get to a point to where I have it kind of like as a side business. I'm helping other bands out, producing, mixing, or just mastering their stuff. Um, and, you know, just just give it a shot, because why not? I know so, that's... Oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, that's what uh, Marcus Sugg from Reclaim the Day does. He, uh, he and his wife, Becca, have a, a small little recording studio that they've built in, in their house. And they both, they both work part-time. You know, at their jobs, I, I don't remember what Becca does. I know Marcus works at like a coffee shop a couple days a week just to make the access that he needs. But he otherwise, they're constantly bringing in other bands to record and they do all the Mexican mastering and everything. So, oh, you know, dope. even if it's even if it's not a quit your full time job, maybe, you know, take it down to part time. That's uh, the guy who's 
uh, just finishing up mixing and mastering our album. He just recently went down to part-time at his, his job and is mixing more regularly and consistently. Nice. You know? Yeah. So it's doable. It's doable. So what's yeah, your background way, in recording? Like if, if it doesn't end up turning into something where I'm like making money off of it, I still enjoy it. I really love getting down to those nitty gritty details of like EQ and compression and all that stuff. It's, I find it really fascinating and fun. So either way, I'm having a good time doing it. So what is your background in recording and all the engineering side of that, Jordan? Um, so in that aspect, when the lockdown happened and we got those first stimulus checks, I was still working. <laughs> nice background change. <laughs> it's it's our band. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, yeah, when we got that first stimulus, I was like, I don't really need this because like I'm still working. I was still considered like an essential worker or whatever. And hmm. so I talked to my wife. I was like, Hey, like, I've always wanted to record stuff that I've written, and at that time, I wasn't in unworthy yet. And the only musical stuff I had done was at church. And but I've always loved metal. I've been writing and playing metal for a long time. I was like, I want to like write my own stuff and record it. She's like, All right, let's do it then. So I bought and built custom PC and I bought a little focus right interface and got all that stuff going. So that was what 2019 or 2020 when the lockdown beginning happened. of 2020. 2020. Yeah. So I I built it in like June 2020, I think, and then. That was really just the start of it. So I'm I'm pretty fresh as far as that goes. I, I did like a solo instrumental EP called Fortunes of War. Okay. Just like for just like for fun and just to get used to it. And that released in May of 2021. But in January of 2021 is when I joined Unworthy. So um I've only really project wise have mixed two releases aside from like singles but i also do a lot of of other stuff too like my me and my dad are working on like an 80s rock style project hmm. yeah, um, i heard the uh the song that you released that had uh kevin grant featured as the the soloist on it oh yeah yeah sick yeah sick. i heard i definitely took the time to watch that video so like Thanks, my, man, my boy kevin it. yeah i mean i I'll, I'll listen to anything that any of our brothers and sisters put out but uh yeah, I saw that Kevin's name was on him. Like, I got to see how bad he sounded on this one. So. <laughs> Dude, fun fact. That was, he told me that was the first collab he had ever done. I was, I was the first person who ever like reached out to him to like collab and like write something on a song. That guy puts out like, more oh, playthroughs dope. than any band ever for any reason. He just literally <laughs> will like, I like this song enough. I'm going to play it. So yeah, yeah. that's cool. That kid, that kid's amazing. He's awesome, and he's freaking shreds. I'd have him on every song if I could. <laughs> get him in a band. You guys got to live in Texas to get him in a band, though. Yeah, for real, for real. So yeah, no I would do that. Um, and what else? I'm in this program called Nail the Mix. You might have heard mm, of it. Yep. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm in that. It's a really great group of fellow-minded people, and or like-minded people. Is fellow-minded people is that a thing? Or is it like-minded? Close enough. They're both the same. Yeah. Typically, yeah, like-minded is works. the term. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, we got, with, we got with your point. With fellow like-minded people. <laughs> there uh, you go. <laughs> Fellow-minded yeah, kind of feels like the Borg from uh, Star Trek. So, anyway. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. So that's, that's been a real goldmine resource for when I need, you know, advice on a mix or just anything like those people are just like so knowledgeable, like to, to literally post and then have, uh, Joel want to to reply to my post and like, give me critiques and stuff. I'm like, mm. like, why would I not pay yearly for this? This is great. Yeah. Zachariah and I have been trying to figure out how to start up our stuff on self mixing. The problem is I used to work in a recording studio, but that was like rock, pop, hip hop, all that stuff. So like I, I know where to put a mic on an acoustic guitar and I know how to mic a drum kit for like rock drums and all that. But metalcore, deathcore is a completely different beast. And so yeah. trying to learn that, it, it takes a program or a, a, a group of other musicians who are doing it to really know how to do that. Because mixing for metal is nothing like mixing for other genres. Because sometimes it's counterintuitive yeah. in what you're actually doing because you're not you're not so focused on some elements of the song that are, uh, I guess, more of the poppy kind of stuff, unless that's the genre that you're going for, you know, like a mix of pop and whatever. But uh, without the blending, metal on its own is not what you would typically, the way you would mix. So, yeah, it takes a lot of behind-the-scenes practice and and some understanding that you don't just naturally get from Oh yeah, I like this sound. I'm just gonna bring this up in the mix. Oh, I'm just gonna bring this down in the mix. Like it just it doesn't work like that. I yeah, mean, it's totally different. We could just become a black metal band, and then if it sounds bad, it actually sounds good. There you go. <laughs> Record analog. That's the way to go. I can do tremolo picking for seven minutes for every song. <laughs> man, dude, that is, I cannot. I cannot get into black metal, man. Me neither. It's just like I want to. Like I, I, I want to like it, but I just can't. I, I can't. I get had like it. a, I had like a brief black metal stint when I was like <laughs> in high school and college when I first discovered Cradle of Filth, and then I was listening to stuff like Cradle of Filth and Demi Borger, and I thought that was like real black metal. And I remember like hearing black metal people go, "Oh man, that's like poser black metal." Like you got to <laughs> check out the stuff that's like been recorded on like a cassette tape mm -hmm. with like analog. And then I remember hearing Mayhem, and I was like, "Yeah, like this is <laughs> like what you people consider good." Yep. See, Hunter and I always say it, it's got to sound like it was recorded on a potato. Then yeah, it's good. like I remember, <laughs> like the first time I heard. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with a, bla a Christian black metal band called like Lingsoul. It was. Uh, it's that three of the guys that ended up being an ex toll later on. Oh, but okay. they uh, they were like a black metal band. And they had that like tape recorder sound. And I was just like, and I remember one of my buddies in college was like, dude, it's like Christian black metal. He's like, these are some of the guys from x -Tol. And I was like, dude, why don't they sound good like x then? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, why is that recording quality? He's like, dude, it's a black metal staple. And I remember mm -hmm. hearing like Horde, who was like a big Christian black metal band too. And I just remember being like, ugh, like that production quality is so like grating. Yeah. My uh, one of my like previous it. coworkers uh, was actually a huge black metal guy. I, I I watched a documentary with him, which was basically the the starting up of black metal. I'm oh, talking like yeah, Norwegian black metal. That's and that stuff. There's some really messed up stories. So if you want to go watch that, great. You know, I'm not going to give the title of. Well, the, if you want to see a really good perspective from the Christian angle, um, Xtol had a documentary uh, that hmm. came out years ago called Of Light and Shade, and okay. they were talking about being Christians in the black metal scene in Norway when like that was really frowned upon 
And uh, what's really cool is I actually uh, contributed to the Kickstarter to get that uh, documentary uh, funded. And I remember in the credits, I was telling my wife when I was watching it finally, I was like, wait, I think I did a, uh, like, contributed to the Kickstarter. And in the credits, it has my name in the, uh, as like one of the contributors. And I was like, oh, snap. Like, I, I do remember this now. But yeah, they were actually talking about how they would go to shows and they had like people bringing weapons and calling in bomb threats to try to get them like kicked off the stage because they didn't want Christians sharing the stage with mm-hmm. like the satanic black metal bands. Yep. Definitely go watch that documentary for all those listening rather than the the one that I mentioned. I mean, I didn't give the name, but uh, don't look for it if you don't have to. But uh, <laughs> that's probably a better one to watch. Yeah. The, so this coworker of mine was telling me about how a real black metal band recorded one of their albums by taking like a, a headphone, like the speaker, and then they like rewired it to reverse to be a microphone. And so they recorded through that, through a cassette <laughs> tape. And yeah, it was like, I, I understand the poor quality. I mean, like, I don't like it, but I understand it. But when you get to a point where you're like, it's not about the music. It's about how we record it. We got to like, make it the worst possible like, why why would that be a thing that just doesn't make any sense to me like it can be an aesthetic until it gets to that point where it's just like i'm gonna hook up a car battery and hope to god the cassette player doesn't blow up while we're trying to record this okay why dude just just start a start a black metal band but just just record a, a white noise machine <laughs> and then just release it as an album <laughs> I'm gonna see what what you do. We'll start a black metal project, and I'll just take my phone and record video, you know, and use the quality for that because, like, the microphone when you're doing video is even worse than like voice memos and stuff. So, record video and leave it upstairs, and then go downstairs and just play the the music (laughs) and use that recording, and that's just it, you know. beautiful <laughs> it's gotta be like an old phone though like even worse <laughs> like one of the old like flip phones <laughs> yeah the ones that have like a two megabyte you yeah. know <laughs> two, me- two megapixel camera there we go perfect uh, it's so weird that even back then that they're just like give me board gear that's not real black metal <laughs> man <laughs> how- so the elitist started what 40 years ago Oh man, they've sense. always been around. Yeah. Yep. There have always been elitists, no matter what. That's that's annoying. I mean, considering how, how much people like Extol now, or at least how much I see people talk about Extol, I'm it's kind of weird to think that maybe they weren't so popular back then. Especially within their own scene, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. So, like I said earlier, we are on a little bit of a time crunch today. Yes. So we got we got 10, 15 minutes. So I don't wanna <laughs> Run out of time before you can actually talk about the song that, you know, you just released. So why don't you talk about that song a little bit? Favorite parts, favorite lyrics, anything that, you know, stands out to you about that song? Um, Yeah, I guess I can go first if you don't mind, Jordan. Yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. So I think lyrically, I think this is a song that's probably like as probably had the most scripture references that I can think of. Because it really came from like a ton of places in the Bible. I mean, there's, uh, you know, the line, there's a way that seems right to man, um, which comes from Proverbs. 
I know Jordan, he even like had to remind me where some of the verses came from. And then a lot of it is from Paul's epistles, specifically Romans. Um, like, uh, you know, our war is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and the powers of darkness. And then, of course, the whole, um, like, like uh, I remember one pastor described it as if you read like Romans 5 through Romans 8, there's kind of like a progression where Paul is talking about, even though he's like a Christian and he's a Christ follower, that, you know, he still struggles as a human with sinning. And, you know, it's in our nature to sin. Like, you don't have to teach somebody how to sin. They're going to do it naturally because it's just in our nature. And there's sometimes that we do things without even thinking about it because it's just kind of, you know, basically, for lack of a better word, second nature to us, just do things that, like, you know, if we get cut off by somebody in traffic, you know, sometimes our natural response is the, you know, raise the middle finger to that person and we don't even think about it. And, you know, Paul even talks about, you know, that's the kind of stuff that he struggled with. He's like, you know, there are things that I want to do that I don't end up doing. And there are things that I don't want to do that I end up doing because of that sin nature that resides inside me. And, you know, there's, and also going back to the other verse about our wars not against flesh and blood, but principalities, is I think that as a society, sometimes we're so divisive that we try to make things political or we try to make things, you know, about this and that, us against them. But our real battle isn't against us against them. It's like a spiritual battle against Satan. And, you know, it's a it's that voice that we hear that tells us that, you know, you suck, that you're not good enough, that God won't love you the way that you are, and that you're not good enough to come to God. And the truth is, yeah, we're not good enough, but that's why Jesus died on the cross is that he gave us grace. And if you read Romans 5 through Romans 7, Paul talks about his struggles with sin, and that's why he immediately starts Romans chapter 8 with that verse, therefore there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And that's always a verse that I try to remind myself of any time that I'm feeling down on myself. Um, you know, I've struggled with things such as porn addiction over the years, I've struggled with being egotistical, and I've burned a lot of bridges, unfortunately, even being in a Christian band. And I'm sure I've misrepresented Christ so many times over the years. And there's, you know, it's, it's just kind of that reminder at the end of the day, I'm like, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ. And it's, it's just kind of that reminder that we can't dwell on those things, that we've got to, you know, look forward to Christ and just kind of move past our, uh, and not focus on that fleshly nature. All right. What you got, Jordan? <laughs> Follow that up now. <laughs> so, um, I'd say as, as far as the musical aspect, um, after In the Face of Death, I knew I wanted to go for a heavier sound because that album was kind of like melodic hardcore, I think, mostly. I think that's what Sean Ellie called it um, from Kingdom Core. And so I started playing with like lower tunings because most of In the Face of Death was like, I think drop C, there was some drop B flat on a couple of the songs. But I was like, I'm going to go just crazy. I'm going to go like a whole octave down, drop D. <laughs> 
so I, I started writing even lower, lower tuning stuff. And I actually wrote our internal war in a, in a single day back in February. And, uh, it kind of just sat there for a while as I tweaked it here and there. And then it got pushed out, uh, past our self-title track unworthy. Um, and I, and especially once I knew that we wanted to get Christian because diamonds to dust has those kind of symphonic elements. I was like, okay, I got to add some kind of like choir or strings because I feel like that kind of like goes of like Christian being on the track, you know? So I had to buy some VSTs for that, but it wasn't, it wasn't too bad. <laughs> you, you invest in your hobby, you invest in what you love and you, you know, you get return of satisfaction out of it. Um, I think my favorite riff on that song is Christian's second part. Uh, yeah. That part actually, that wasn't written in February. That part was different and it just was not sitting with me. Right. And finally one day I just broke out that riff. I'm like, okay, this, this riff slaps. This is dope. So I think that that's my, that's my favorite riff on the whole song. Um, and then the, uh, so the whole song is actually in drop G. And I was like, what do I, what can I do to give an illusion that this is getting even like deeper and heavier? So on that first breakdown that Christian does, it drops down five semitones down to the uh, D octave. So I was like, that's just going to make it just feel like it's just got like, like in your face. And then for the final breakdown, um, I do it again just to like bring it lower. So I'm like, how do, I can't get lower than the first fret and job drop g's i just got to drop the tuning now <laughs> that, that never, was a fun little thing to play with, with different tunings in a single song you're never gonna get anyone to come and play bass for you because they're gonna be like what do you need a bassist for you're just like <laughs> killing the bass frequencies with your guitar anyway so yeah and dude you know i'm i'm probably not gonna do drop d again because mixing wise that was really hard and i'm probably not the proudest of it but it is what it is um our our new stuff is all in drop f sharp the whole next ep is drop f sharp yeah you should you should really challenge yourself to write a heavy song tuned up the tune up (laughs) (laughs) go watch nick nocturnals uh e standard can be heavy or something like that he has a video where it's just all e standard stuff I don't remember what the bands were. It was like it Winds of Plague can. and a bunch of other weird bands that it's I like. Know, one of them was um, Silosis because I know they mm. play in standard. Yep. Yeah. Uh, it was like Megadeth and some of the 80s and 90s more yeah. uh, death metal bands. But yeah, I mean, E standard can be heavy. Oh, you just got to play it right. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm not yep. talking about playing in E standard. I'm talking about tune everything up to like G instead of E, <laughs> tune it up a couple steps, you know? It, it definitely sound like Megadeth in that case. I, yeah, I can it would feel that. weird. Yeah, that would feel weird. One of my one of my favorite guitarists, I don't know if you know him, uh, Andy James. Yep, oh yeah. Oh yeah, love that guy. That dude shredding have, is absolutely ridiculous. Oh, he's, he's so stupid. And then he got really stupid when he joined Five Finger Death Punch, but we're going to toss that aside. <laughs> yeah. um, five Flavor Fruit Punch? <laughs> yeah, Five Flavor Fruit Punch. He was like one of my. He was one of my favorite guitarists back in the day, and I bought his like how to play rhythm metal DVD from Lick Library, and like one of the whole DVDs is all in like standard tuning, and like in the end, it doesn't matter what the tuning is. It it matters on how you write, you know. I mean, look at Lamb of God, Laid to Rest. That entire album is drop D, 
Like you don't need to go to drop C or drop B to have like an absolutely slamming tune. Like that album is like top tier for me. I love that album. Mm. See, we are originally originally Blue Fire Horizon was formed to be like a hard rock band, maybe throw some screams and stuff in there. But um the stuff that we first wrote was in drop D. And then uh it became quite noticeable that uh the key that our old guitarist had written it in was a little bit on the high side for me. <laughs> so it got tuned down to B flat. And so we we play with eight strings and six strings. So if it's a six string song, we play it and drop B flat. Okay. Solid. Yeah. Our, the, the original version somewhere floating out there in not like out in Anywhere you could find it, but somewhere in my email and Google Drive, somewhere is a, a version of the war is everything in uh drop D. So Dang. maybe I gotta find that sometime. <laughs> we do nice. have one song that uh has been announced that actually is in one weird tuning, and that is we we took one of the songs off the new album, brought it down to double drop D. So it is an eight string and instead of the drop E tuning, everything's a full step down from that. So okay, forgive my my newbiness, but I hear of these double drop tunings. I don't even know what they are. Is that <clears throat> both top strings or D? No. So double drop D means so like from standard tuning, drop D is going from standard to drop D. So it's just the E right. going down to D. Double drop D means that you're playing below bass register or at least standard bass register. So, so bass guitar is an E so standard. Down. Yeah, so it's an octave yeah. down from drop D. That's the double drop D. Okay, okay. So that that's I did that for for a root of all evil and um, her footsteps lead, lead to hell. Yeah, that was double yeah. drop. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know it. The craziest I've heard of uh, a band doing the double drop tunings is a uh, a guy who does a Christian uh, instrumental band uh, his name on facebook is god l rigna but uh so it's the god project and he just does instrumentals what he does is he records and he'll just leave the recording he never does anything again doesn't write it down doesn't do any of that oh, wow. he's on, so he's done like four or five albums now so if you look up the god project it's pretty cool it's kind of genty stuff but uh yeah so he's done like double drop b and double drop c or something for some of them because he oh, records with like four different oddly tuned bass guitars oh. is what he does. So yeah, he, mm. he does some really interesting tunings, but uh, and he actually posts some of that. He's like, hey, the new album is going to be recorded with this tuning where every string is half a step off of the last one. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. I can't wait to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> that's dope. I like it when people just like invent stuff like that and just try weird things and it works. Right. Listen, it's, it's uh, been... A pleasure having you on. Uh, let us know when you're going to release new stuff next time so we can bring you back and talk about that again. Oh, it's, for sure. We've, we've got a million different bands that we're constantly keeping track of and stuff. So if you want to jump back on and promote your music again, it's a lot easier for you to message me or Hunter and be like, hey, we got a new song coming in a couple of weeks. You want to have us back on the podcast? That's a lot easier for us then to try to keep track of, oh, Unworthy's releasing another song in a couple of weeks too, and this band too. So, you know, reach out to us again and we will happily bring you back on. I, I don't know. I, I think I'll remember this one because, uh, I mean, Jordan is on my 
my current cover photo, so there's that oh, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> Mine too. Yeah, oh yeah. Our, that our the whole, same thing? Uh, Christmas thing with Robert. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Shout out to Robert for uh posting his Christmas tree setup early. And uh mm. yeah, so I ended up taking that photo and then I because you had commented Jordan, Zachariah obviously was gonna get sucked into it no matter what. So I started like putting us in the picture. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was great. No, I'm leaving that up until Christmas is done at this point. There's no reason oh, to me change too. it. It'll be up till January. So for anyway, sure. it's been a pleasure, guys. All right. Yeah, Thanks, you, for man. Thank you. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. All right. And here is the song Our Internal War by Unworthy. You can help support us by heading over to anchor.fm forward slash TWIE pod and clicking on the donate button where you can select one of a few monthly donation rates of $1, $5, or $10. All money helps keep this podcast up and running, as well as supports lesser-known Christian artists. Thank you for listening, and God bless. Where we go